Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that finds its way into every corner of the property world. And today we're in the corner marked Wellness and asking whether the industrial and logistics sector is finally waking up to a concept the office market has long embraced. These buildings are seen from the outside as, uh, as large boxes, but um, they are driven by people and there is the productivity piece that comes from better environments. And we'll be finding out what wellness in a warehouse really means. Why not put the office space south-facing? Uh, the lorries and, and the boxes don't need the sunlight. It's about incorporating the landscape. I'm Guy Ruddle and I'm joined by four of Savile's finest and most well people. Simon Collett is Executive Director and Head of Building and Project Consultancy. He spent the last 15 years specialising in logistics and advising clients, including Savile's Investment Management. Hello, Simon. Good morning. Uh, And I'm sure he spends plenty of time talking to Lucy Winterburn, who is an investment director at Savile's Investment Management. Lucy, welcome back to Real Estate Insights. Thanks very much. And Katrina Kostic-Seyman will be no stranger to regular listeners. She's Head of Workplace Strategy and Design at KKS Savills, the design business she founded before combining forces with Savills. Katrina, welcome back to you. Thank you so much. Good morning. And uh, Katie Monks is a newcomer to the podcast. She's an Associate Director in the Industrial and Logistics team based in Birmingham. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Great stuff. So let's get on with this. Um, maybe, Simon, I could start with you. I, sort of, I said at the beginning, I sort of hinted that uh, the, the concept of wellness hadn't quite reached the industrial and logistics sector in the same way it has with offices. Is that right, do you think? In relation to wellness, um, um, there's a growing recognition, and it has been probably for three or four years, again, perhaps a bit more quietly than other sectors, there's been a recognition of the importance of creating um, people-centric spaces and, and health and well-being coming into uh, design and development process. And Katrina, from, from your point of view, you, know, you spend a lot of time in the office sector. Uh, do you see sort of, I don't know, <laughs> the risk of being a bit commercial, rich pickings in this part of the world? I don't think it's about rich pickings. Uh, I think it's about just aligning the fact that people work in offices and there is always an office component to almost every sector. And so why shouldn't we think about the people when we're talking about the logistics and industrial sector? Yeah. And and, uh, Katie, you're you're on the ground talking to your clients all the time. Does, Does this come up much in conversation? It, it does, yeah. Maybe not the, the, the first comment when we're, we're engaging with occupiers, but it is increasingly higher up on their, their agenda as a business, the, the well-being, the welfare of their staff. And uh, Lucy, from your perspective as a, as a developer in, in Savills Investment Management, you know, you, you, you've got your own projects that, that you're developing. Is, do you, where does it fit, this idea of, of wellness? Where does it fit into your thinking? Um, I'd say it's raced up the agenda pretty rapidly in the last, um, certainly last couple of years. Um, it, it's ESG has always been part of what we've done and um, has become increasingly important. But the wellness piece, particularly, um, has really sort of taken front and front and centre in terms of how we are asking our um, architects and our professional teams to help us um, design and procure. Um, industrial buildings just in the same way as we do office buildings at the end of the day. I suppose the the obvious question, uh, 
Katrina, is you know what does what do we mean by wellness in this context? I mean, in, in offices, I, I sort of kind of understand it's about air quality, light, all, all sorts of things. But but in, in an industrial or a warehouse or whatever, what, what do we mean by wellness? What can we do? Well, uh, speaking of well, um, we are sort of latecomers, uh, specifically KKSAVs, to the the warehouse and industrial. Uh, world, but we look at it from a people-centric, as we said, inside-out perspective. And it occurred to us that we were building or seeing these big boxes, in effect, uh, taking priority for the lorries and the trucks and unloading and deliveries, etc., which is all about logistics. But really, it wasn't really about the wellness of the people. And they were sort of a, almost an afterthought in terms of the space that could be allocated to what's, you know, net internal area. And so really, when we look at wellness, we're talking about the holistic approach that this is now should be front and center, and that why not put the office space in the appropriate place where you might get sunshine. So it's south-facing, uh, the lorries and, and the boxes don't need the sunlight. It's about incorporating the landscape, which often is um, near a greenfield site or has a, a lake or a river or a canal nearby, and allowing people to go out and engage with the environment. So it's really wellness in its totality which is what we're really excited about this sector now. Simon and Lucy, you're working together, right, on a development called the uh, Didcot Quarter and the Bourne Quarter. The things that, that Katrina's talking about there, are they the sorts of things that you are thinking about as you as you develop these properties? Absolutely. Um, yeah, Dick, the, the Didcot Quarter um, example is one that we, we first design, gosh, probably three, four years ago, maybe. And the first iteration of those sheds, the two relatively large sheds, um, were relatively bland, um, you know, boxes, basically, that didn't really think about or consider um, well-being, if I'm honest. And then um, working with Simon's team and um, the architect, we started to think, hold on a minute, you know, we're we're doing all this good stuff in, in central London offices and starting to really sort of major on this wellness piece. Why shouldn't we start looking at it um, on, on our on our shed too? Um, and so they're not just anonymous crinkly tin boxes anymore. They they are actually things with beauty um, and uh, lots of glazing, lots of green space for workers to go and sit in if, if the weather ever, ever gets any better and, um, and have their, their lunch or just break out. Um, at Bourne, um, just outside Cambridge, we are we've gone a step further, and we're going to put in a running track and um, a sort of a green um, artery that runs through the middle of the estate to really give some some proper sort of breakout space and to make it feel more like a business park really than a and a place where people can collaborate and come together rather than just anonymous buildings. Because it's, it's it sounds to me like you're sort of. Uh, an enlightened client, Lucy. Uh, uh, Simon, do, uh, do you get that same same sort of feedback from other from other clients as well? Um, the, the the short answer is yes, and increasingly. Um, and as I said at the beginning, I think I think the logistics sector has been looking at this quietly um, uh, over the last um, two or three years. And certainly, the Savills I am development. Um, uh, that Lucy has talked about is um, is, is market leading and has has taken the the bar to another level in terms of um, health and well being being um, provided for in in logistics um, context. Um, I think what I'd like to say is that um, the reason for doing uh, the health and well being 
kind of review at at, at the uh, the drawing um, sheet stage um, of development is is really to to tie in the um, the relationship between um, people, their health and well-being, and productivity. Um, and obviously, these buildings um, are, are seen from the outside as uh, as large boxes or or a combination of smaller boxes. Um, but um, they are driven by people, and um, there is the productivity piece that comes from obviously um, better environments, both internal um, and external, aid um, people's health and well-being, and links well to to productivity too. Is it a selling point, Casey? Do you think you know, that it might help productivity? Yeah, and I think it, it's productivity in the warehouse, but it's it's also that staff retention and the the. Dr- the reduction on staff churn, um, as we often see it, you know, the new good quality warehouses that have these welfare provisions attract uh, a different quality of staff. Um, you know, they, those staff benefit from the welfare provisions and as such, it gives them a better better feel for their job, um, which does increase productivity. But looking at it rather, you know, cynically from the the manager or the MD's point of view, you retain those staff for longer. So there's there's less outgoings in terms of re-recruitment that they then face during the life of that building or the particular contract they're running out of it. So, so yeah, we, we are seeing more occupiers looking for these, these elements. Um, there has also been, as, as Simon's touched on, you know, an increase in appetite from developers and, and landlords to provide this additional benefit as part of the base specification. So not necessarily something that's bolted onto a unit as a, an over and above. I'm interested in sort of the specifics of this. How far can this go? What what, what sorts of things can can you, can you do in a warehouse or a, or an industrial space that really is you know, really makes it a, a a better place, a healthier place for people to work in? There's physical design approaches to to um, to the staff flows, people flows into office space uh, in logistics and around that office space, and and how. The things like fitness are built into into that. There's there's material selection that deals with with um, with sustainability, but also um, with noise um, reducing uh, material selections. For example, um, the light versus natural light is another one that we're we're seeing in, uh, enlightened, if I can use it that term, developers consider, um, and that's sort of the office content. But as the buildings um, are normally on on pretty sizable plots. Um, what it does give um, our clients the opportunity to think about is is perhaps dual application for external um, landscaping areas, for example. Running tracks have been mentioned. Um, we have produced that on on what would normally be a, a fire track for for these buildings. Um, we've, we've doubled up and and created uh, running tracks for for, for certain clients um, recently. Um, and you know, just uh, using the landscaping differently and the the water storage attenuation ponds that you that you tend to have, which are sustainable from a sustainability point of view, are very good, um, but they can also help people's um, downtime. Everything is becoming much more transparent. People are aware of it. The, those that work in the the office space component part are very well aware of sustainability, and and they like to see that their employer, uh, you know, has a responsible uh, corporate uh, culture. Uh, that they have apps now that they can test the air quality. They're looking at biodiversity. We're looking at biophilia. We're including living green walls. 
now uh, introducing them into into receptions. So it's no longer a transient space. For example, a car park reception, you might say, gosh, it's just a lift lobby, you know, it's a concrete shell. But actually, it's the journey in from when you park your car, you go up into, uh, you know, into a lift lobby, into an arrival sequence, and it becomes part of the experience. And I think it's very important that you touch and feel natural materials, that you feel that you're being looked after well, um, that the perception is is there, that it's all about, uh, you know, the the natural sense of I'm being taken care of as well. So you've got operable windows, you've got solar panels. uh, We're starting to look and shift of relocating the cores from what is right now a structural component of, say, a corner of a building to move it inboard so that you free up the corner to get the beautiful views out, you get the natural light, contiguous floor plates, fire stairs are not being just sort of plonked down just because that's the closest route or or the cheapest way to, to build the box. Katie, we've come a long way from the days of it being, you know, just a shed to be shifted. <laughs> yes, we have... Um, I think long gone are the days where the logistics operation is just a means for a a company to get their product out to customers. Um, Their DCs are seen as more customer facing. So touching on the point made earlier, it's not just for the staff to feel like they are being looked after and their, their employer cares about their well-being. It's also a little bit those companies showing to others that they care about their staff. Um, That general entrance we're seeing Double height atriums in warehouses are now typically the norm for the larger units. Um, They've got full height glazing, the improved finish in those receptions. It's that real sense of arrival. Um, And yes, trim trails, round schemes. So there's that access route for staff in in lunch hours to get out there, you know, see the fresh air. Uh, But also gyms inside. Uh, Some landlords are putting those in, in, again, the larger facilities that they can warrant it. Um, and even basketball courts seems to have been another trend um, on certain parks. So interesting to see what's uh, next on the horizon. Lucy, I mean, we talked at the, at the very beginning about, you know, how uh, uh, this sector was sort of catching up a little bit or, or, or with the office sector. Do you, does there come a point where you've, you've caught up and then that's it? Or is this a sort of continuous evolution? No, I, I think it is a continuous evolution because... It's an investive market, and as a landlord, you know, it's all about letting your space to create your value um, with an income stream. And um, tenants have choice, obviously, and you want to be the best, the best show in town, basically. Um, so, in the same way that the, you know, go back to it, the office and the retail sector have evolved, um, I think the industrial sector will, will do the same. And I think, I think more and more tenants, and we're seeing it definitely in terms of the inquiries that we've got, more and more tenants actually want to know about the ESG credentials of our building, whereas before it was never really discussed. It was a, it was a nice to have. It's very much part of the conversation now. And I think the more that landlords raise their game, um, I think you know, it will generally progress and lift and, and, and buoy the sector in terms of this element of how we design our schemes. We're talking about such a new area that it sort of seems unfair to ask you for a Savile standout statistic, which is what we'd we'd normally do. So instead of that, I'm going to ask you, I think I'm just going to ask you for a final thought uh, about this area. Uh, let's, uh, Simon, let's start with you. What's your, what's your, what sort of, what's your final thought? Although we're seeing more and more automation and robotics um, in warehousing, uh, people are still essential and um 
some of the bigger units can quite easily have 1,500 to 2,000 people at seasonal peaks inside um, heavily automated spaces. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's automation, it's robotics, but it's still very, very important that, that people um, and uh, facilities for people are, are properly considered through, through development, design and development. Katrina, uh, let's, uh, let's hear you. I've let you off a stat this time. What, what's your final thought for us? Just sort of tongue-in-cheek, but I would say that when it comes to wellness for the office user in the big shed world, you have to think outside the box, literally. Oh, very good. Yes, I like that. Katie, uh, have you got a, a final thing you'd like to leave us with? Power provision is possibly going to be one of the biggest driving factors in the wellness sector. Adding additional provisions for the staff, whether that's ones we've touched on earlier or whether it is increased EV charging points for cars so they can charge their cars for free at work, that's going to be one of the biggest drivers. And provision of power on industrialist sites is not always plentiful. Finally to you, Lucy, what would you like to leave us with? I just think it's 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 fascinating how, how much this has moved forward so rapidly and um, interestingly, you know, we just had a chat with a potential tenant for one of our schemes where the agents, I don't, I hate doing damn agents, but agents have told us not to, not to mention ESG, wasn't important, wasn't going to clinch the deal. And it was the first thing they asked about, you know, what, what were the wellness um, ratings in the building? Had we thought about sustainability in the building? And we sort of looked slightly agog at our agent as if to say, you know, you told us not to bother with this stuff. And actually, here we are talking to a tenant who is really, really interested. So, um, you know, times are changing. Yeah, fascinating. Great stuff. Listen, thank you all so much for doing that. It's a, it's a really interesting story. It's great to talk about something that's sort of in the future as much as something that's in the present. If all that's done is whetted your appetite for more information about wellness or logistics or, or, or the industrial sector, there's plenty to, to get your teeth into at the research section of the Savills website. Savills.co.uk slash research is where you can go to find that. Uh, that's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. Thank you very, very much for listening and see you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.